0: Welcome to My Life, Tanya Applied, with Rabbi Simon Jacobson, a journey into the deepest teachings of Torah and their application to our personal, emotional, and psychological lives. A good week. We continue our journey in the life-changing Sefer HaTanya. This program is made possible by Rina Lights LLC, and it is an honor and memory of Rav Yisuf Halevi Weinberg, Olav Shalom, and Rav Moshe Pinchas Hakein Katz, Olav Ashalom. It's also in memory and honor of Rav Yael Khan, the great mashpia, my mashpia, mashpia of so many teaching us chassidus, and it's also in shchus, and in honor and merit of Rav Zev Yecheskel and Risha, Katz, La'edich Yomim V'Shanim Tevis, for many healthy years. So we're coming to the conclusion of chapter 2 in Tanya, and in this fascinating and comprehensive dissection of the anatomy of what a neshama, what a soul is, the divine soul, namely, the tareb explained it to us, all the levels, because we see there are distinctions between souls, and yet they're all rooted in the same... Father, so to speak, Avechod Lukulon, a God, Vonim Atem Lashem does not distinguish one child from another, because we all come from the, like in the muscle in the example, Tipus Moyach Av, from the very essence of the father's genetic code. So too, Beruchnius Mamish, the same thing, Kavyachal, that we come from the very Chokhma, Chokhmi law from God, the supernal wisdom of the divine, which is united with. The Ibish to himself, as we learned. And yet, it branches off like a tree, all rooted in one place, but it branches off into the different levels. In addition to that, even the lowest of souls that are compared to Tsiparnaim in the example, to toenails, like the Nishamas that come from Akvaim, from the heel, the heel of the so called the structure, the organism of the entire Jewish people. So in addition that it all comes from the tipus mayachav, all rooted from the same father, from head to toe, a child, no matter what part of that child, all comes from the father, the essence of the father. In addition to that, in the body itself of the organism called the child, every part, even the lowest parts of the child, the, the toenails, the neshama is the simple souls, also get their energy from the mo'yach ha'ben, from the Reish Alpha Yisrael, which are the leaders. So within the child organism itself, there are leaders, there's a head, there's a body, and there are toes. And toenails. So they receive their energy, which adds a whole other dimension in their connection to to the leaders, who in turn are connected to the mo'yach ha'av in a more revealed way. So every neshama is covered. And that's why, as we learned last week, he explained that that we would understand what Chazal tells us, what the Gemara tells us, that what a person, that a person, when he attaches himself to the word Chachomim, from Chochmah, the Moyach, when a person connects and attaches, so it's like attaching to the Shekhinah itself. Now we discussed this at length last week in the words of the Al Talabakil Nidbu Shina Mamishkial Daytva Bitamidricha Khamim. Because by attaching themselves to scholars, the Nefesh Roch Neshama. all three levels of the simple folk become connected in a conscious way in the original source and root in the supernal wisdom of God which is one as he says that he God and his Hawkman and his wisdom are one who amada like he cited earlier from the Rambam. but in this thorough discussion of souls, we still have to address one more thing. this is all fine. now we've covered the entire body from head to toe, every type of soul is connected to the father and in the body itself of the organism of the child, so to speak, we're all connected to the race of the child, which means the leaders and scholars that further connect us in a revealed way with the source, and as we discussed last week, why is that important? Because on a very practical level, we may be rooted in the Father, meaning in Chachmos Yisbarach. But how do we implement that when well, we may be on a simpler level? So the Abister blessed us with Chachamim, with Reish Alfi Yisrael, with Amosha and Amosha in every generation. That helps us. Reveal that fundamental connection to Moya Cha'av. But now comes a question. What about those people who have deliberately, or maybe not even deliberately, cut themselves off? Imagine a person who, who and that's what he addresses now, Ha-Peshim B'Tamid What about the Peshim Amedim B'Tamid HaChachamim? Those who sin and rebel against the scholars. We're not just talking someone who's not living up to their calling. We all have an animal soul, as we're going to learn, and we've learned, and therefore we're going to be tempted. But what happens if you're directly defying and sinning and rebelling against the scholars? Think of Keirach, for example. Even though the Heleka tradition called them the Heleka de Keirach. But I'm talking even on a subtle level. What about someone who rebels against the Tamit Chacham? It's like someone says, I'm I'm rebelling against my source of sustenance. In an example, imagine, God forbid, that the toe gets infected and the toenail develops some infection that doesn't allow it to, to receive the energy from the mayach. And it could even begin to deteriorate. Gangrene and other things, God forbid. You may even have to amputate it because you don't want the infection to spread. Just using it as an example, al Alta doesn't say this. So we're not just talking about, okay, you explained how the energy of the mind, the central nervous system, goes through the entire body and reaches every part, every type of soul is accounted for. But what about the soul that is defying and rejecting that energy like an infected, like an example of an infected toenail, Tzipor nine, in the muscle and the example. So now the al addresses that as well. It's in the brackets, but he wants to be thorough because we have to take account, what about people like that? Says the Alter Rebbe, They don't get cut off. No, God forbid. And it's interesting, he uses all three terms. He doesn't just say they're, because they're Peshim and Merdim. That they're sinners and rebellion rebe- re- rebels, that only their nefesh is shining. Nefesh ruach neshama, yunikas nefesh ruach neshama. Shalahem. Their nefesh ruach neshama, the three levels that we spoke about, the behavioral, the emotional, and the cognitive components of the soul. Comes that yunikah. That is still nourished and nursed. The nefesh roach and neshama are still nourished from the nefesh and neshama of the scholars. But it's in a form, Mephines hacharayim. So to read the full sentence, So first of all, it's interesting to note, as I just pointed out, that he's using the words nefeshurach and neshama. So he's not just saying, oh, they're connected in some way. Specifics. Their naran, their nefeshurach and neshama, meaning their nihi, their chagas and chabad, are nourished from the nihi, chagas and chabad, Nihi being the behavioral or the biological aspect of the soul, ruach is the, nef- ruach is the emotional, neshama is the intellectual, is nourished from the nefesh ruach, neshama from the tamid chacham. So the energy, even in the toenail, that is defying, we're not talking about just a low soul, low level soul. So in defying the mind itself, their source of energy and sustenance, they're still getting nourished, but it's Mabchina sacharayim. So how do we explain B'chines Ha'chadayim? That's what we need to understand now. So it's actually later in Tanya, I believe in chapter 22, he speaks about it, what means Bikhin Saharaim. And here's what he says. He says that the difference in Ha'chadayim and P'nimi is when I love someone, you, you love someone, you want to give them a gift. So how do you do it? You, you approach them with a smile, and you're giving them a gift. What happens if for whatever reason you need to give something to someone that you have no relationship with or even has defied you or has hurt you or has, uh, or in some ways has uh, abused you? But whatever reason, you need to give them something. You're not going to go over with a smile and just give it to them. You're going to throw it over your back. That he calls his B'chinnus We're not talking about now why aren't you forgiving them and why aren't you overlooking it. We're talking about whatever reason. In the case of Peshim and Murdim, sinners and rebels, they can't be receiving energy directly because they've cut themselves off. So in the example I gave before with the toenail, the toenail is now has an infection. Something is there that's not allowing it to receive the energy. And it actually contradicts the energy. But as long as possible, we're not talking about a situation where it gets cut off, as I said before, amputated. As much as possible, the mind continues to give energy. It continues to pump blood and send everything it needs actually to help that toenail heal using that example. I'm saying toenail, even though that's a muscle not for perishim and or for a general law, but I'm just giving an example as someone that's a low level because remember, perishim and could also be a high level soul. But the bottom line is that the mind and the same thing in the nimshal and the moral, the leader continues to draw energy from its source, from the Av, from godliness, from Chochmei Law, going through the Chochme and the mind of the child, going all the way to every part of the body, even those that are rebelling. However, the energy can't be going in directly because that very entity is rejecting it. So it's called Mepchina Saharaim. It's receiving it in a very limited flow. Like I explained before, when something is infected, it's blocking the flow of blood and the flow of the, of the life force in that part of the body. So even Peishim and he says, are also receiving and nourished, but it's coming from the acharayim. So this is where Hasidus explains that every level of energy can be giving you maximum energy, it can give you minimum energy. So acharayim, think of it as a very narrow flow. It's flowing but it's flowing in a state of acherayim, which is that type of state that is, like I said, and the Loshni says, like someone who throws something to another, like over his shoulder. So acherayim, in other words, it's almost like being given, I don't want to say begrudgingly, but coming from not a direct positive flow, it's coming like an afterthought almost. But this doesn't mean, God forbid, that the Tzaddikim and the Ration, the leaders are looking at as an afterthought, it's, the problem is not from the point of view of the Moyach, of the Ben, meaning the leaders, from the Moshe Rabbeinu. The problem is that the person is doing things that are defying and rebelling and mutineering against his own source of life. But even that, he does not get cut off. He's still receiving the energy, except in this limited Acharayim way. Now, a person does Tshuva and corrects his ways, like healing, then the energy continue, will flow in a an of but in an internal way, not just as an, ex- an external way, but in an internal way. So now we've covered every type of individual. Everyone's rooted in mamish the thought and the mind of God, the innermost breath. Like a child coming from the very core of the father, no matter what soul it may be. And even the souls that are patient, sin, sinners, sinners, and rebels are also receiving and, nourish, and getting nourished. But it's until they change their status. So now, the Al Rebbe, in the last section still has not finished. There seems to be some very obvious questions maybe you can guess it the first question is okay fine you explain to me what a asham is like how it's rooted how it travels to all say which was compared to the mother's womb and still remains always rooted and connected to its source the tip of may have in the nimshal May Machshavti is is which is one with the Divine. We learn in the Haggadah, all good. And this reaches every type of soul, the lowest souls, and even those that rebel against their very source of the Mo'ach Haben, the Resha Alpha Yisrael, the Meish Peishim and Meridim be Tamei de instead of that instead of that of attachment, they're actually detaching or trying to detach themselves. Even they received energy in a form from But there's another factor. The Gemara says that there are three partners in the birth of a child. Hashem is taked and neshama. That's covered. But the parents also play a role here. That's how God wanted it. Ibishta could have sent a neshama down and put it into a body and that's how we're born and that's how we grow. But he didn't do it that way. In a sacred union of marriage, husband and wife, father and mother, or potential father and mother come together. They become like one and they contribute and bring a child into this life. So the neshama taker comes. But the, the parent's behavior and the parents' intimacy, does it have impact? Absolutely, yes. So the Al Tareb is now going to address that. So let's read it, and we'll see how he explains how this qualification, the role of parents, does that affect our souls or not? In other words, though the soul is coming from a very, from the divine place, with all the different levels we spoke about, but that's all from above. That's what God decides. Do parents have any impact on this? And he says, absolutely yes. Which, of course, then begs explanation. What explanation? We'll discuss in a moment. So the Alta Rebbe now goes the next section in Tanya. And you see from this the thoroughness. Again, he's not just sufficing about the souls. We cover that. We also suffice practically speaking. So he says the following with the role of parents. And what is written. And for what is written in Zohar. And Zohar Chadosh. So Zohar is and Zohar Chadosh are all coming obviously from the same source. Rashima HaBar But Zohar is, why is it called Zohar? That was the original manuscripts discovered. In the 15th century. In Manitoba and Cremona. Different places in Italy. But then more manuscripts were found, so they were printed. Some are called Tikkuni Zayar and Zayar Chadash. So it's, it's different volumes today. But it's all considered part of the canon of Zayar. So what is written in Zayar and Zayar Chadash, and the Zayar, just to give Samar Mekamis, is Zayar Gimel 49b, Memtes Beys, and Zayar Chadash 11a, Yud Aleph. Aleph, so what it says in Zayir and Zayir Chadash. What does it say there? The Zayir also is in Volume One, One Twelve A, and there are different footnotes that give you more Marmekimis if you want to look it up. So what does it say there? <speaking in Hebrew> <speaking in Hebrew> that the main determining factor. He doesn't spell out the determining factor for what? Because that's part of the discussion, but ostensibly it's for the soul's quality is the sanctity during the actual intimacy. Bnei says the Al Hulu. So when there's the proper sanctity, it draws down a holy soul. Mashenkin, by contrast, simple folk who fail and lack to that sanctity draw down lower souls or even what is called even souls that are rooted in something that's impure. In the language of the Zayr, that through the, through the proper kavon, pro- proper um, sanctity during intimacy, nimshach is nif- nafshon kadishin. When it comes to Bnei Ammaratz, the language is he says you draw down Misitra Is Mashkon is Nafsha. Nafshasa. The love iutev. You draw down a different type of soul. One of one of, with, with more negative energy, with more impure energy. So this, ostensibly, the way we understand it seems like a question, just told me that all the neshamas and all the souls are rooted. <speaking> in and mamish And in Moya ha'av. what we're talking about in God's Chokmose, in machshavtei and even the lower souls, are all rooted there, though they go through a holy taushlas. So the fact that they evolve and they develop and there are different levels of souls. Does not negate the fact because they're all rooted. Then this all comes from above. This is how God created souls. The second nefesh hashenis biyisrael, the second soul in in, in Israel, is a chelik alikam emal mamish. But now we hear straight the zayin and the zayin say it's all dependent on. Says shaiikatoli, that the main determining factor, call it ikar. Not all the ikar main determining factor is not that. There's another factor involved. The neshama can be coming but how the parents conduct themselves and the way they sanctify themselves during intimacy affects this neshama. That's the ostensible way of reading this. However, the Rebbe, the Rebbe, in his haggos, in his comments on Tanya says that he does not believe, he says, klal, klal. that's his language. I don't believe that, I don't feel, doesn't seem to me, that that's the pshat here. This question, even though the is a legitimate, one, seemingly, but the Rebbe says something more. That the fact that he doesn't quote, he doesn't quote, could that be the case, says the Rebbe, that the, the, the Rebbe should have said. b'zeir b'zeir chadosh that by neshameshava me'oritz, simple folk, who do not sanctify cells, they draw down a soul that is a, from, the, from the world of Tuma, a more impure soul, or a lower soul, seemingly contradicts what we said before, that they're all rooted in and and it's not dependent on parents. That would be the question. But that's all hinted to only in Chulu. The Tareb is talking much more. He's talking about in general, he's bringing the concept of sanctity during... Intimacy, even when you're talking about people who are sanctifying it properly. So the Rebbe feels and explains that the Alter Rebbe is addressing something furthermore, for more, more than just that question. That he's coming to establish. He's coming to establish that even the level of the soul, as it comes into the body and impacted by the sanctity of the parents, it still retains its divine nature, and that never is compromised. Why? As he's going to explain next, because that which the parents. They sanctify themselves does not affect the very neshama nish- itself. So in other words, instead of asking a question, what about... Those that don't sanctify the al Rebbe is really coming to explain that that what it says in Zehir and Chodosh is is not the only strengthens the case that we're making that the neshama is not affected by our behavior, the neshama that's given to us is rooted in Chelik Mamash and not dependent. So then, what is the Zehir and Zehir Chodosh saying? That it's primarily in the words he says that the main determining factor is this quality of sanctity during the actual intimacy. So the Al Rebbe answers now. Hainu, this means, He's introducing now, let's first translate. This is because every nefesh ruach, and hashama Remember, we already introduced those terms earlier that not just Neshama, Nefesh Ruch Neshama, without exception, possesses a garment derived essentially from his father and mother's Nefesh. So he's introducing now the concept of a Lavush. Till now, we spoke about the soul itself, with all the levels of the soul, all the branches. And even the Pashim and But there's another thing that's called a lavush. So we need to explain what is this lavush. So let's first explain the word lavush. Your body is made up of many limbs and organs. When you put on a garment, the garment is not part of who you essentially are. The garment is either to protect you or to cover you up. And even when the garments, you dress the garment, the garment still doesn't become the essential to who you are. And yet, it's a necessary component in life. Like we're going to learn later about the Levushim of Machshov Dibra You can have all your faculties intact, but we need three forms of expression. Thought, speech, and action are like lifeless garments. They're like garments hanging in the closet. But without them, you don't have expression. So when you take your mind and you dress it in the garment called thought, you're thinking to yourself. The garment called speech, you're speaking to someone else. Mice is the action, the third garment. So now the garment comes alive, but because you put a body inside the garment. It's the ideas or the feelings you're expressing in your thought, speech or action. So on one hand, lavush is not part of who you very, the essence of who you are. On the other hand, in this material world, we need forms of expression. Think of it like an idea that needs letters to express itself. So, when a person puts on a garment, on one hand the garment conceals who's inside the garment. On the other hand, the garment reveals. If you let's say, a wealthy person, a king, is wearing levush malchus. Levush e malchus, garments, kingly garments. A pauper wears pauper's garments. But of course a king can dress himself in pauper's garments and a pauper can dress himself in kingly garments. So the altar is introducing that in addition to the idea of a very soul, there's also the lavush. And that's where the effect of the parents and their intimacy and their sanctity comes into play. So both like the parents also have their genes. We spoke before about how in the martial, the child comes from the very essence of the parent. But that was a muscle. Now he's actually talking about the actual parents. They also add something. So what is the personality of a child that comes to two parents? How does that play itself in contrast to the very soul that comes from above? That's a Helekeleka Mamash. So here we talk about the Levushim. The Levushim shape and direct how that soul will express itself in this world. And continued explanation, we will continue in the coming year but it's going to introduce a whole fascinating way of understanding ourselves in context of who you are in essence and your garments. And here they're more than just garments you take on and off. These are the garments that your parents provide you that will be the way that will channel your soul in this world. Please go to tanyaapplied.com to listen to all previous programs as well as submit any question you may be interested. Everyone be well. Good This has been My Life Tanya Applied with Rabbi Simon Jacobson. Please join us again next week. Visit chasidahsupplied.com for archived classes and more resources.